Hey everyone, and welcome to the Refuel Team Fairchild podcast. I'm your host, Master Sergeant Lance Haas. Our goal with this podcast is for Team Fairchild to get to know each other, our support programs, and to increase our sense of community and development. Every episode, we'll be interviewing people from around the base and learning about them, as well as their keys to success. Today, we're talking to Mr. Barry Miller from the Education Center. How's it going, Barry? That's going great. Thank you. So this is a two-part podcast for you. Uh, Basically, I'd like people to get to know how you got here, how you got to be an education counselor, and then let's use this as an opportunity to, you know, let everybody know all the different benefits that the Education Center has, you know, some stuff that if you could shout from a rooftop, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, just kind of get that awareness out just a little bit more. So how did you get to be here? What's your story? Sure. So uh, as with probably many people's stories. It wasn't a super simple path. <laughs> um, you know, had I, you know, know now, you know, if I know now what I, or if I knew back then what I know now, I probably would have done things a little bit differently. Um, but you know, fair enough. Thing, yeah. thing, things worked out the way they did. Uh, I, I did 20 years in the air force and, uh, finished up over at Kadeen air base, uh, over in Okinawa. Okay. Uh, and I was actually the career advisor in, in Okinawa. <laughs> Some parallels there then. Yeah, this is yeah, awesome. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, while, I, while I was there, uh, we were actually establishing our, our first FTAC class and setting up guest speakers. And one of my favorite guest speakers was the education counselor. And, and she and I got to know each other really well. And I remember having a conversation with her saying, how, how do I get your job? I would love to do what you do. After the okay. Air Force, right? Yeah. I, I just, I distinctly remember having that conversation. And uh, she said, well, you know, it would really help if you had a master's degree, um, preferably in, in, in a counseling career field, not necessarily needed, but it would be very helpful. Okay. So uh, I actually began pursuing a master's while I was over in Okinawa. But um, as with many people's careers, you have to come to a point where you have to make a decision whether it's time to PCS, move on, move up, or, or get out. And mm-hmm. um, my family, my, my parents were, were not doing well here in Spokane, Washington. And so I made a very hard decision to retire, uh, which, of course, uh, of course, cut my master's degree short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to put that on hold for a I little bit. I had to bit. put that on hold. So, I, so um, like, I, like I said, uh, if, I had, if I only knew back then, uh, but but it all worked out. I, I came back here to Spokane, didn't want to, I, I mean, I love the military, I didn't really want to have to separate myself, but there wasn't a lot of jobs at Fairchild at the time. So I, mm-hmm. I worked many civilian jobs, um, bounced around from sales all the way to working in medical insurance, um, which I don't need to go into detail on that. I think, but, <laughs> but, but it was a great learning experience. The good thing is I was here to take care of both my parents before they passed. So, nice. um, so that was a blessing. So you know, had I stayed in, I might not have been able to be here every day to, to take care of them. So it, it worked out. Yeah. And uh, I had applied for several jobs on Fairchild. Uh, but as the case is, you know, sometimes you're qualified, sometimes you're not. And I didn't think anything of it. And uh, there was a position for education, but it was dealing with transition assistance. And I, like with many of them, I applied and forgot <laughs> yeah. about it. Uh, went about my business and uh, got a call. And said, hey, we, we'd like to uh, interview you. So did the interview and uh, 
didn't hear back from him a couple weeks later, so I kind of forgot about it. And next thing I know, I'm getting called by civilian personnel office saying, you know, you, you've got the job. I'm like, okay, first of all, I need to tell my current employer that I'm not working with <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, it's kind of a, an interesting way to get here. And uh, But I'm, I was really excited to, uh, to be back. It was over 10 years out of the military. And uh, I know a lot of people, and me included, when, when I was getting close to my retirement, I'm like, you know, maybe I don't want to work for the government anymore. I want to try a, <laughs> a different life. I want to see what that's like. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, and, and I can't speak for everybody, but for me, uh, I missed it. And, and the longer I stayed out, the more I, I missed the camaraderie. I mm-hmm. missed the professionalism. Um, okay. Yeah, I just, I, I just missed, I think most importantly, I missed the sense of mission. And not that in the civilian world that they don't have a purpose, right? But the mission in the military is much different than the mission of your corporations and businesses. <laughs> Making money or... Right. Know, yeah. Yeah. So I really, I really missed that. And so when I, I was really excited to have this opportunity. And I remember coming in here, sitting down at the desk and thinking, wow, having that conversation I had way back when with the, the education services specialist back at Kadena and here I am in that position here at Fairchild. So it's kind of a kind of full circle. It's what I wanted to do and, and here I am. So I'm, I'm really happy to be here and I've been here probably over, like over six years now. That's awesome. Seeing through the, the, you know, playing the long game, making sure that you're still focused on the prize. And I want to back up just a little bit though. Sure. So what did you do in the military? Yeah, so I had, I had several jobs. Um, and w- one of the beautiful things, in, in, and it still happens to this day, is that uh, there are opportunities uh, to cross-train and, and to try mm-hmm. different things. Of course, you're obviously involved in a lot of that as the career advisor. A little bit, people. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so my original field uh, was survival equipment. Okay. Uh, I believe yeah. they call it life support now. I think they combine life support and survival. Yeah. survival. Um, but, and I love the job. And in fact, that uh, career field got me to Clark Air Base, Philippines, my first assignment. So it was, that was really exciting. Nice. You know, but uh, as with, with many jobs, after a while, I started thinking, wow, there's got to be more out there than, than packing parachutes and drag chutes from F4s, which is what we dealt with at the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, we didn't have a career advisor at that time. So, of course, I went to my, my shop chief and who sent me to our superintendent who sent me up the chain to somebody could answer my questions and and uh, an opportunity came up uh, that allowed me to cross train into at the time uh, it was called social actions okay and um, social action social actions at that time dealt with both substance abuse counseling and equal opportunity and treatment and it was really exciting because okay. both those worlds were really interesting to me I'm really interested in social sciences and and human behavior um, more importantly, fixing some of those problems. <laughs> yeah. And not, not long after I got into that field, then they broke apart. So then substance abuse became its own entity and then equal opportunity and treatment became its own entity. Okay. And, uh, the, the decision was made higher up than me to send me through equal opportunity and treatment. So I did that and, uh, which was very eye opening and it was a wonderful experience, but also, uh, extremely challenging because you're, you're dealing with some of the the nastiness and the negatives. Yeah. Um, yeah, for you know, sure. Um, and sometimes from, from, from people that you wouldn't expect that would do some of these bad things, you know, the people that you sometimes looked up to and then you come to find out that they're not 
exactly, not exactly the people you thought they were. Right, right. So where I'm going with this was I started to burn out in that job too, <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. So I so after a while I, I started looking around and seeing what other opportunities and. Uh, Back when I was in the Air Force, they didn't have vectoring. So back then, you could actually uh, cross-train and apply for special duty assignments. Like um, you, you could be a, a basic training instructor or so on and so forth. I didn't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> but Airman Leadership School okay. became yeah. available. So um, at the time, I was at Misawa Air Base up in mm-hmm. northern Japan. And so I applied, uh, talked to the commandant, and he hired me. And so then I'm became an ALS instructor. And that wow. was my true passion. I found that that was really, really where I, I was like, if I could stay doing this for the rest of my life, I really would. It was just, you know, the teaching aspect of it, but the, it was also the leadership aspect, the mentorship aspect. Um, yeah. Yeah. Building, building those relationships with each class that came through, um, you know, and, and yeah, yeah it, it was just, it was really fulfilling. And so I did that at Misawa and uh, thought, well, geez, how, how can I continue to do this and also stay overseas because I love Japan? And uh, made a few phone calls down to Okinawa, and uh, the ALS commandant down in Kadeen Air Base decided to bring me on. So I did a direct move after five years in Misawa and did another five years down in Okinawa. Wow. Uh, so I started out as an ALS instructor there and then became the assistant commandant. Uh, and that's with many things, once you make rank, <laughs> then you have to make decisions. Uh, I was a, uh, I was an assistant first sergeant, undershirt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did enjoy that. And I had a really good uh, friend and mentor who was trying hard to push me into the first sergeant career field. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd had my share of pulling people out of the drunk tank at 2 a.m. <laughs> and dealing yeah. with, uh, with uh, spouse abuse issues and fighting in the dorms. And so, uh, I was like, well, okay, or I could try for a commandant position, but there was no commandant position at Kadena. I could go to Osan. You know, so there was a lot of things going in my head. And this new position called career advisor was starting up. And we had this old brown shoe. I mean, this guy was crusty. And he okay. was the first career advisor over there at Kadena. <laughs> but he was a good friend of mine. And, and he started telling me, you know, don't, don't be a first sergeant, be a career advisor. And he was selling me on it. And I thought this sounds like a pretty cool gig. And so I went ahead and applied for it and, and, and got that. So I was, I believe I was the second career advisor at wow. Kadeen Air Base. And uh, one of the claim to fame is we actually set up the first FTAC at Kadena. That's awesome. I still have pictures yeah. of us painting the building. <laughs> and we didn't have a whole lot of fun, so finding chairs and desks. and Scrounging from around yeah, the base. I remember the only building we could get was an old simulator building. So the main classroom we had had like this gigantic pillar right in the middle, like this... <laughs> <laughs> awkward spots so we had to yeah. really manipulate the seats to make that work but I loved it did that um, but as you're finding out that's not a permanent position and you have to open yeah. it up for other people to have opportunities unfortunately right. yeah. yeah so <laughs> then they, they pulled me back to uh, the equal opportunity field as a superintendent which was really cool um, but then an assignment came up in the states and that's where it led me to I had to make a decision Gotcha. And my family was was not doing well. And I thought, okay, I could, I could take this assignment, maybe see my folks with a leave here and there. And it was it was very hard for me to make that decision. Just, you know, and I, I think a lot of people go through that. You have to say, yeah. well, I really love the Air Force, but I love my family too. So, Especially uh, at that stage in life, you know. I mean, yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. It was not an easy. I remember, yeah, we, my wife and I debated and debated back and forth, did pros and cons. I made lists. It was, it was, <laughs> it was really, you know, but then you, you, you push the button, pull the trigger, so to speak. And, and there's life after the Air th- Force. There is exactly. There is life after the Air Force. And, and, I, and we did pretty good. I made a lot of new friends, learned a lot of new things and uh, gained experiences, which I know only made me uh, better as I came back in to, yeah. to serve again. Right. Having that understanding of how the outside works, which interestingly, interestingly enough, very few people understand the military. That's the first thing I think I learned. Really? Oh, yeah. I remember, um, <clears throat> you know, always talking about my military experience and some of my civilian coworkers, which their eyes would glaze over. They just didn't get it. They didn't understand. And if uh, you don't. Okay. And, and so for folks who don't experience the things that we experienced, the constant deployments, the, you know, some of the you know, the being away from your family, the, the work ethic, the camaraderie again, that just doesn't seem to exist to the degree it does in the military. It does, okay. but not to the same degree. Right. And yeah, they would just, and then I would look back with you know, like, wow, I'm, I'm nostalgic and I'm missing all this. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy now. <laughs> yeah. I'm that guy. And these folks are like, okay, great. We're not interested in that. So <laughs> waiting for you to stop talking about it. Right. Like they, I said, I come really... back, come back in the military and it's great. Now you're like, wow, I'm, 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 I'm back. I, and I really felt like this was where, where I was meant to be. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't, I was, you know, and it's funny, I'm in education. I wasn't a great student in high school. <laughs> and it, I remember my high school counselor actually saying, looking at my records and saying military, he was like, military might be a good option. For you. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, that, that, that was my, my life. I mean, military was my life, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of folks go out and they try their life out there. They might go to college, do things or, and then come in the military. I, I graduated high school and about a year later I was in. So the air force was, was what I knew. Yeah. So getting out, that, that's why I think it was difficult. It, it was an unknown. <laughs> I am right in your boat right I now. I know a lot of people yeah. probably are people who, are, who may listen to this. It's it's uh, that when you get to that end transitional phase, that's it's scary. I, I'm not going to pull yeah. any punches. It, it really is, you know. It's but at least we have stuff like this we can draw on mm-hmm. and learn from each other and kind of maybe some people will swing by now and and just talk to you about that. Sure. You know? So <clears throat> you had to overcome a lot of. Aversity, you had to constantly learn new things. What are some keys that you kind of always focused on that you feel have made you successful to get to where you are today? Right. Uh, first and foremost, family. Um, family is was always there for me, uh, always nice. supportive. Uh, my wife and I uh, recently celebrated our, our 32nd uh, wedding anniversary. That is awesome. Yeah, I mean, we've been married since... I. I I think we met after a year after I joined and like two years after I joined, we were married. So she was with me my oh. entire career and deserves yeah. just as much credit. I mean, you know, as with many spouses that are, that are out there, um, yeah. uh, you know, when, when I'm deployed or when I was TDY or when I was doing long hours, you know, my wife was the one who was at home, who was making the, the decisions about our family, mm-hmm. um, you know, about uh, bills and everything else. But more importantly, um, every few years. So we're like, well, we're moving. We're going yeah. somewhere else. Got to start over and start all over again. And so family was, was really a key 
to to success because you always need that sounding board, somebody to to say, well, have you thought about this or should we do this or yeah, and try to figure out what your blind spot is. Sort of exactly, you know, because sometimes you don't see the forest for the trees. <laughs> and having, I love it. Yeah, and having someone that you know that has your your best interest at heart, and so that's what's good point. Too. Did. And so, and then the the second thing that was successful is uh, supervisors, mentors. Throughout my career, I've had uh, and a handful, but I, I can count some of them that are dear friends even to this day. Um, mm-hmm. That still even check up on me. And I'm like, I'm old, but they're still checking out. What are you doing? What are your goals? You know, what do you think? Yeah, it's like, yeah, wow, never my ends. goals, I'm going to retire. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, that was the, the second thing. And people that I, and I didn't ask for it. And sometimes uh, senior NCOs and others would just say that they'd take an interest in you and mm-hmm. sit down and, and talk with you. And so that was one thing that, that uh, really helped me throughout my career. As a matter of fact, uh, as I said in, in high school, my counselor, and in, in and rightfully so, I wasn't into education. But my first supervisor mm-hmm. at Clark Air Base in the Philippines saw that I, I was doing okay, but definitely enjoyed uh, working and enjoying myself after work mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> and uh, he took me aside one day and said, uh, "You know what? What are your goals?" And I said, "Well, after work today, I'm like, no, 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 not after work. What are what are your <laughs> what are your goals?" And I it, it took me back because nobody had ever really asked me that. And I was like, "Well, I, I don't know. I was living payday to payday, having a good time." Yeah. And he he started telling me about how important it was to use my benefits to get education. And I'm like, "What benefits? What education?" Mm-hmm. And so it was because of my first supervisor uh, sitting me down. And uh, telling me about education, I started getting interested. But I said, "Well, I'm, I'm not that bright. I'm I'm not going to do well." And so it was it was really funny. He made a bet. Um, he did like his uh, his whiskey, <laughs> and at Clark, at, at many bases overseas, they have uh, merchandise control to keep things off the black market. So you're yeah. only authorized to buy so many bottles. And and he said, "Okay, well, here's the deal. I'm going to help you to sign up for your first class." And uh, tell you what, if, if you pass the class, then you have to give me your merchandise control, which is probably illegal, but hey, we're, we're long gone now. You know, but, Statue uh, of limitations. But he said, if, if, if you fail, if you fail, uh, and, and you'll have to owe back some money, I'll pay back the money and no harm. No oh, fail. wow. Yeah. And he says, so what have you got to lose other than your merchandise control for, for the month? And, and I was like, well, why not? So we signed up. I remember it was English composition. And it was, it was hard, uh, but I passed. Mm-hmm. I won't tell you the grade, but I passed. <laughs> a win's a win. I did not have to pay back the money. And, uh, and, and I think he knew. I think he saw that in me. And that sparked something. It was like, well, okay, if I could pass that, then maybe I could try another class. And that's how it went. I tried another and another and another. Wow. And, uh, and before I knew it, I had my CCF degree. And uh, I'm like, wow, okay, I got a degree. Uh, take, take that, <laughs> high school counselor. <laughs> and, and then, you know, and then I, I got into the social actions career field, and I thought, wow, well, maybe I should get a bachelor's degree. That could help me. And so then I, I started working toward that and, uh, again, had some mentors and stuff and asked me what I really liked, and I really liked education. I liked the training aspect that we did in social mm-hmm. actions. And so I, I went and got an, an adult Educate like vocational education was the, the major, but it was adult education training and okay. development. 
uh, through Southern Illinois University. And that actually not only helped me in the social actions job, but actually helped me get my job as an ALS instructor. Oh, because nice. uh, cause part of the degree requirements were um, curriculum planning, curriculum development, Makes sense. Um, yeah. you know, facilitation, training experience. And, you know, so all the things that, that uh, they needed for ALS, I was easily able to answer during the interview because I went through that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, and then like I said, when I, when I was uh, down at Kadena Air Base and I tried to get a master's degree down there, but things kind of fell apart because I came back. But yeah, those are some of the, the foundations, mentors throughout my career helping me, like mentors leading me toward the career advisors spot, <laughs> mentors trying to help me with becoming first sergeant, which I look back and I always wonder, because uh, first sergeant's a really honorable position as well. And it is, yeah. yeah. Thought about how that things might have, been, might have been a little different. It is always interesting to think, okay, well, you, you had these paths in front of you and what could have been, you know. Right. So now that we know a little bit about you, now you've been doing this job for six years. What does your normal day consist of? Mm-hmm. And then we'll kind of get into what all the programs are, what, if you could shout something from the rooftop, what would that be? Mm-hmm. But what does your normal day consist of? Yeah, so, you know, and, and there is a lot of mystery, I think, sometimes that that uh, surrounds education, the education office. You know, what do they do? On <laughs> yeah. But I think that the biggest component is customer service. We are very heavy into customer service, and that's from our, our education services officer, uh, Mr. Palel, is really mm-hmm. adamant that that's very important, that we are here to serve, obviously. Absolutely. And uh, we're, it's not about us. It's about the military folks and helping them. Well, basically how my supervisor helped me, it's our job to, in turn, turn that around and help those troops uh, make decisions about their future, not okay. just what's, yeah. what's going to happen at the end of the day, but what's what's their future. So it's very customer service driven. So my, my day really begins with just looking at the phone calls, which I've got several I've got to get to, but phone calls okay. and email messages and preparing for uh, opening the, the counter and, and helping out with the folks coming in with questions about their, their education. And the questions are all across the board, everything okay. from... You know, hey, there's an issue with with a CCF. One of my classes is not showing up, or I sent transcripts to this school. Why did they not receive them? Um, mm-hmm. All the way to, you know, how does CLEP testing or Dante's testing work? Um, all the way to my very favorite question: the young troop coming in, looking at the counter, and going, "I want to go to school." And then you look and like, okay, we've got a lot of things we need to work through. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, and, yeah. And, and so it's very customer service driven, and I think that's probably the um, element that drives me most. Because, and I loved maintenance. Don't get me wrong. I loved parachute packing, but you know, yeah. you knew what to expect week after week after week. There was rarely ever anything changing. Yeah, and, and that was okay. There's comfort in that, uh, but in this job, everybody's situation is different, <laughs> and so when somebody calls or emails or comes to the counter you don't know what to expect so it, it's kind of there's some fun in that because each issue is yeah. new each is a different problem everybody's individual issues are unique to them and yeah. um i kind of like helping them figure that out i don't figure it out for them but i like to give them the tools that are necessary to figure out what they need to do and so yeah and then yeah. they go by it, it goes by super fast for a, and Fairchild's a relatively small base, 
Um, I know some folks are like, oh, I've been to a smaller base, but I've been at bases like Clark Air Base and Kadeen Air Base, which were, you know, ginormous. Yeah. And so, you know, I would, when, I, when I came here to Fairchild, I thought, oh, we're not going to be that busy. And for a small base, we're, we're really busy. And that's good. a good thing. That yeah. means a lot of folks are interested. <laughs> and, and, and more to that, I'm really excited by how many f- troops come here and tell me they're here because their supervisors sent them here. So that that's awesome. That tells me that that is still going on uh, yeah. long since I've left the Air Force. They might not be taking the ration card, but you know they're getting them in the door. Well, who knows what kind of deals <laughs> they're making? But the good thing is that they're getting them here because you know there are a lot of troops that were just like me. Um, yeah, not really interested in pursuing education, and there's other troops who they may very well be the first person in their family to to possibly get an education or a college degree. So how awesome is that? That's yeah. Right. Absolutely. So that's a big part of my day. Um, and then I wear many hats here, mm-hmm. um, as with many civilian jobs now, they, <laughs> they don't renew positions. They just keep giving more to the people who are currently here, which is, which is fine. Um, another mm-hmm. huge component of what I do is the transition assistance. Uh, in fact, that's kind of what I was originally hired to do. And I, kind of branched out to do a lot of the other stuff but okay i do a a monthly education workshop as part of the the uh, tap program yep yep uh, transition goals and uh, whatever the tgps um but yeah so i do a, a monthly education workshop two days and uh, that's for individuals who are getting out who may have did some college but it's been a while or want to use their benefits and so it's, it's really fun it's a great class we so we, we work together. We, we talk to each other. It's not me lecturing and we sit in front of computers. And so we go right from, you know, how to make a goal, how to make a plan. What do you want to be when you grow up? How to mm-hmm. search for the appropriate schools that are going to help you meet those goals. All the financial stuff, you know, uh, the GI Bill. I, I, I spend a lot of time talking about the different uh, options under the two GI Bills, the Post-9-11 mm-hmm. and the Montgomery. Um, and then other financial aid. Pell grants, scholarships, and then we finish up with uh, how to actually apply so that individuals should be able to walk out of there and, and uh, know what they need to do to push the button to start their education after they transition out. So that's that's a that's a lot of fun. I do a lot of that. Um, well, that's also, a, that's yeah, important too because yeah. uh, I know before I started, I mean, that's the, the scariest part is signing up, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. having somebody kind of guide you through that process. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you're in, you're in. You know, it's easy to renew that class and okay. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of get the the feel and the rhythm of what's going on. But to start that, that's huge. Yeah. And, and whether it's a customer service or whether it's at the at the workshops that I do, the, the biggest decision that I think a lot of people don't realize is not all schools are created equal. Mm-hmm. And depending on where you're going to live and how competitive that market is, it may be very important where you go to school. Um, now, granted, that's not for everybody. Um, I mean, you can go to some big city and all they care about is that you just have a degree. They don't care where it's even from. Right. Um, but if you're, and there's certain, Spokane is a great example of that. You know, we, we don't have every single job in Spokane that you can get a college degree for. In fact, I would argue that probably the primary jobs do with medical in Spokane. Yeah. You have huge, I mean, geez, you've got what, six or seven hospitals and medical schools and everything else around here. And, but you know, there's other kinds of jobs where, you know, 
marketing and other things and, and advertising or, or uh, heavy IT, you're not going to find a lot of those experiences. Uh, I get a question about game development. Everybody wants to be a game developer. Now. <laughs> and that's a fine job. Absolutely. Yeah. Spokane is not a place where you're going to get a ton of those jobs. See what I'm getting at? Yeah. Right. So go ahead. Great, get a great degree, and that's wonderful. And then you stay here in Spokane and try to get a, a well-paying job, one that's gonna, yeah, uh, gonna be able to take care of your family, and it's gonna be tough. So, what I try to help people uh, see is, that, yeah, picking your college—that's one aspect of it. But we need to look at a lot of things. Where are you gonna live? What's the market like? What are the yeah. degrees that are gonna help you be competitive? And and one of the things I learned from being out is it, it is competitive. Just because you served in the military doesn't guarantee you a job. That helps, and people <laughs> yeah. really appreciate your military experience. But you're competing against a lot of people that that have a vast amount of experience in those civilian fields, and you don't. Right. And right. if you haven't planned enough, you're still using military acronyms, so they're, they don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I know the first few interviews. It really, it it was really eye opening. So big learning curve. <laughs> right. So that choosing the correct college and, and doing those things is doing the right things is really critical to making that transition successfully okay. making that transition. If education is your goal. That's definitely good to know. Mm-hmm. So what programs do you want to shout from the rooftop? Yes. Yeah, certainly. That, uh, we don't, we have people use them, but maybe not to the extent that you mm-hmm. wish people would take advantage of and stuff sure. like that. Sure. Um, I'm still shocked at how few people take advantage of their tuition assistance benefits. I mean, I figured that yeah. was a no-brainer, right? And I mean, $4,500 per fiscal year. With online schooling now, it can't get any easier. Gosh, I mean, yeah. all of my schooling, all through my both of my master's degrees, have all been sit-down classes, 16-week terms. You know, just wow. brutal, right? Yeah. And now you've got folks, you've got eight-week, nine-week terms online. You can do it at home. And yet, I think the last statistics that we pulled here at Fairchild, about 12 or 13% are currently using tuition assistance. Oh, my gosh. And I, I think That's... that continues to shock me. So it fluctuates over the time I've been here between 12 to 18%. But that's, I don't know. I just, to me, that's leaving free money out there. I mean... $4,500 over an entire career each fiscal year that you just don't do anything with. And and granted, look, education might not be for everybody. Maybe you have, maybe you're independently wealthy. You don't need it. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't. And I, it helped me get a, a well-paying job uh, to make a living wage after I got out having that degree. But yeah. at the very least, just come in and talk to us at the Ed Center and so we can we can map out what your goals are. What what is it? What is it that you're wanting to do in the future? And if education is not the key, then great. At least you're giving some thought to it and, and move along. Yeah. But if you're like, I don't know, then let's talk about it. And yeah, critically think a little bit. Yeah, yeah, don't wait until a year or two before you're then going to separate to think, oh crap, I probably should have got a bachelor's in something to make myself competitive in the work in the, you know in the civilian workforce. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's probably one that I would shout the most is at the very least, just come in and talk to us. Let us help you um, think about your future because it's going to sneak up on you pretty quickly. Yeah. And granted, you yeah. do have the GI Bill, and I've used the GI Bill myself, and it is, it, it is a, a wonderful benefit. But if you had utilized 
and I'm talking you, I'm talking about the folks out there that are yeah. eligible for tuition assistance, if they had utilized that while they were in, you can could then take your post nine eleven GI bill and transfer that to your family members, help your children then to, to have yeah. those benefits. Uh, so I'm just saying there's there's ways that you can get the most bang for your buck if, if you plan it out. Yeah, you got to adult, you got to kind of do some of the math. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right, so that's probably the big one. Okay. Uh, and then the other thing is that then all the other things that we offer here at the education center that, I mean, it's hard to advertise everything. Right. So right. We, we, we just try to get the word out, but, but you can't, you just have to come in and see us and then we could talk about things. Um, obviously probably the outside of my, my testing hat that I wear, I do, I do all the testing here on base, not the WAPS testing. We have a right. WAPS test monitor, but I do the, the CDCs, PME language testing, SAT, ACT, all those different tests. FAA as well, right? FAA, yes, that's another big thing. And then I love being able to help our pilots out. And, and we get a lot. In fact, I got a, another one scheduled for this afternoon, an airframe power plant test. Nice. Uh, but the big Bigness thing... getting it done. Oh, yeah, nice. absolutely. Yeah, the big thing right now, though, and this is probably, it was eventually going to come up anyway, so we might as well talk about it. <laughs> I so, knew you were kind of dodging it, but I yeah. figured, well, we should we should probably talk about it that's, a little that's bit, right? The, and it, it, yeah. tie, it, ties in, <laughs> it ties in with education. It ties in with, with transition, but the career skills program, yeah. uh, the Department of Defense's skill bridge program, what the Air Force calls career skills, is a huge part of my my daily life as well. And uh, in order to get involved in the career skills program uh, requires a mandatory visit to the education center. So going yeah. back when I said, come and see us, all these programs that we have, all these benefits, all these things that are out there, um, you gotta, you've got to walk through the door and ask us and, and we can give you all kinds of options and all kinds of things. I think the thing I love most about this job is we have things to give. Versus yeah. other other <laughs> departments in other areas in the military wanting to take, we've got we 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 just want to give, you know, like the Air Force Cool Program, a whole nother separate forty five hundred dollars for people to earn certificates like EMT certifications and yeah. airframe power plant and you know PMP Microsoft certification, Microsoft, yeah, professional yeah. manager certification. But you have to come and see us and talk to us. So we do, yeah, uh, and that's it. Is as with every other program that the military offers, we do a really good job making these programs, but there's so many of them. I mean, right. if you walk by any uh, cork board in a, in a facility, you're, you're just going to see a plaster full of papers and it just yeah. becomes white noise. Right. So it's, it's peeling that onion back and critically thinking like, I don't, maybe you don't know what you want to do, but mm-hmm. I know that if I go and talk to these guys enough, mm-hmm. we'll be able to figure it out. And mm-hmm. maybe that conversation will lead to another thing, and then to another thing, yeah. and then to another thing. And well, like commissioning, that's another hat that I wear here. And I, yeah. help us, I help individuals with the commissioning programs because there's education requirements for all the different commissioning programs. Right. You know, but again, it's if you don't come and ask me, I'm going to move on to the next task. So come in and come to the counter and say, hey, what, what commissioning opportunities are available? Uh, and you'd be surprised. There are people who think they're, well, they're too old recently raised the age limits. I mean, there are opportunities out there for folks and they might not be aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to circle back quick to the career skill bridge. Sure. Program, I knew we were coming back. <laughs> just to, in case people don't know what it is. Sure. Just a quick overview of what it is. I know you don't want to go completely in the weeds. And the reason why I'm saying that for the, the listeners is this is an awesome program yeah. that um, got handed to Barry to run. And it's so awesome that it, 
it takes up a lot of your day and I know that it does. And, um, my hope is that, um, by, by providing some of this guidance through this other form of media that we can kind of answer a couple of the questions, sure. but then when people come in, maybe they're a little bit more prepared or mm-hmm. first off, they know what the program is. And then they come in here with a little bit of homework done to, to help out the process a little bit. Yeah. So hopefully I, that doesn't put a negative it, light on it, it but it doesn't. And I, and I don't want to, I don't want to give the impression that I don't like doing it. It's, it's, um, it's wonderful. The reason I get frustrated with it, is and I tell people I hate the program is because it wasn't in when I was in. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm frustrated by it. I would have taken advantage of it, and so it's a wonderful program. Um, my frustrations are really just because it was rolled out kind of haphazardly. And, and the beautiful thing is, we at Fairchild, we just said, "Well, heck with it. We're, we're not going to buck the system. We're going to make it work." Yeah, and I think we have a really, really good system here at Fairchild, and uh, I'm actually working Air Force level now. Uh, on a team trying to even make it uh, better for everybody across nice. the Air Force. So, uh, but yeah, the career skills program is, is, is a wonderful program and I love working it. Um, and it keeps me busy because it's, it, it, it is so popular mm-hmm. and, and, and it should be, it, it allows an individual uh, to be relieved from their current duty up to six months prior to their date of separation or retirement to do either an internship or an apprenticeship. Yeah, they still belong to the Air Force, That's but correct. they can go to whatever company and do this internship, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yeah, so or I mean, th- Think about the the opportunity there. Um, it, when I when you go back and hear my story, you know, I got out of the Air Force from Okinawa, Japan. Uh, was totally out of the uh, networking civilian world. Yeah. Had to jump back here to Spokane, Washington, where it's not easy to get a job in Spokane, and. Imagine having six months of still getting a paycheck, still being covered medically to be able to start learning a new career field, to learn how to do that civilian speak, right? Yeah. To, 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 to start receiving training with hopefully the possibility that who you're interning or, or doing the apprenticeship with will hire you. And so the opportunity to walk out of the Air Force into a job, that's what this program is all about, is yeah. to set up... Uh, set people up for success, keep them off unemployment, kind of release some of that stress of transition. Uh, I, I think it's a, a win-win situation. That's why, that's why I hate it so much. Like I could have used that program myself, <laughs> Yeah, you know? And uh, so that some of the key things I think that are important though, is first of all, uh, commanders don't get a backfill when they release you to go do this. So it's very critical that the, the, opportunity that you're seeking is going to lead to to a a, a livable wage yeah proper training um you know it's going to make it worthwhile for the taxpayers who are still footing your military bill right uh and i guess what i'm leading to is this is not an early out program yeah it's not a hey have your buddy develop a business so you can say that you're working for them so you can sit on your couch all day right your commander is the approval authority and I personally work very closely with each of the individuals to make sure that that we vet whatever program you're interested in before you go drop some paperwork on your commander's desk because I want the commander to be supportive, not saying, what are you doing? I'm not going to let you go do this. I want a commander to say, this is really important to you, your family, and you know the labor world out there. We, we need you to go do this. Yeah. And so that's, that's probably uh, the most critical 
uh, part is to really think this through. Look, I know sometimes you're burned out in your job. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. What a great opportunity for me to get out six months now and I can just go have fun before I separate. That's not what this is for. Right, right. Um, the second thing I think that's important about this is that you need to come see me at least 18 months prior to when you want to do this. And I know that seems like a long time out, even a couple of years. It's not too far because when you think about it, if you want to do a full six months and you come see me at, at one year out, you really only have, only have six months now to prepare for this, prepare for your tap, prepare for transition, prepare for house, all that stuff you need to do. Yeah. So a year out is even almost too quick. So getting to see me sooner than later is probably the best bet. Come to the Ed Center, ask about it. Let's get you on the right track. That can relieve a lot of stress off people so you're not scrambling at the last minute trying to get everything done before yeah. you go off and start this new path. Good to know. Good mm -hmm. to know. Right. You're kind of setting off some alarms on my own personal clock. So <laughs> it goes quickly. Yeah. It, it really does. Yeah. yeah. Any last attacks before we wrap this up? Any other things you wanted to, to yell from a rooftop? <laughs> <laughs> well, not necessarily yell from a rooftop. It's just to, to let people know that we, we are here at the Education Center. We are a support agency and we're here. We want to help and we want to be able to share the benefits that are out there. And, you know, if you can't physically come, then give us a call. But at least, you know, come down here and, and find out what's available uh, so that you can set yourself up for success. You know, because as much as we'd love to stay in some of us, you, you've got to get out eventually. Yeah, we all hang up this Superman uniform at some point. Exactly. And so let us provide what we can to help you get set up for success as you transition out. And we love doing it, and we want to be able to do it. So, Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Barry. You are awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. So that's it for our Refuel Team Fairchild podcast. Again, I'm your host, Master Lance Hawes. If you have any show ideas or people that you'd like to hear from, please contact us at refuelteamfairchild at gmail.com. <laughs>